Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back for the 100th episode of Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 17th of April, 2023. I enjoyed my Easter trip up to Sydney, came back via Wollongong and the New South Wales South Coast and Gippsland. Uh, So I'm all ready now to get straight back into untwisting the weekly, well, it's fortnightly a news a narrative. There's a lot to do, so it'll be more like a news tsunami uh, tonight. And I see uh, with uh, this being the, the first show in a fortnight and be, being the, the hundredth, uh, there is uh, all the regulars all, all here, uh, ready, set. Hello, Lady of uh, Charlotte. Hello, by a Barclay, hello Naughty Design, hello Brucey, and uh, hello Larrikin and uh, Peak Aussie Man. As always, there, great to see you all. We are live on the Unshackled's YouTube channel. We'll be back on the Wilmsfront channel next Monday as the second stripe for the Wilmsfront YouTube channel expires on April 20th. And as always, live on the D- Tim Wilms D Live channel, and also the Wilms Fr- Wilms Front Odyssey channel as well. It is eight thirty PM here in Melbourne, Victoria, where we are now Australia's largest city, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, because they have included the city of Melton in Melbourne's. Western suburbs there, there's, uh, this is from the Age article there, there's Melton there. So that is now part of, according to the ABS, part of the Melbourne urban area. And so that puts us slightly ahead of Sydney at the last population estimate, which was June 2021. We get later in April the 2022 population estimate. Uh, so we've, Melbourne has inched ahead of Sydney uh, by 18,700. So Melbourne's population now, its urban population is 4.875 million, while Sydney's is 4.856 million there. And now Melbourne's population is projected uh, to be 6 million by 2031 and 9 million by 2046. Uh, Melbourne's lockdown reputation during COVID uh, did not deter overseas migrants from settling here. In fact, in 2020, Seven News aired a segment called Beyond 2020 to tell us how mass migration was great for Melbourne. Beyond. 
2020, Melbourne's migration boom. Why they're queuing up to move here as soon as they can. Who's moving in and the suburbs where they're settling. Yeah, very good country. People are very friendly. The big shift heading our way and why it's good for all of us. 7 News, Monday at 6. You'll accept mass migration and be happy. Now, where are all these new migrants going to live? Is there going to be more urban sprawl, new suburbs in the, the north, the west, the, the southeast, or is there going to be more apartment towers, unit blocks or townhouses built in the inner city or any inner suburbs? The collapse of the building company Porter Davis has seen homes left half built. There was a protest yesterday by those who lost their uh, deposits outside of Victoria's uh, Parliament House. There has been a, another builder today that's promised to uh, keep building some of the, the houses and townhouses with in negotiation to uh, pick up uh, some of the other Porter Davis properties. So that's good news for those those people who, well, they, they did uh, uh, did stake their uh, put their their money towards what is well it's termed the great Australian dream to to own your own uh, property. They're understandably heartbroken there, uh, so it's good that there is somebody stepping in to help them complete their homes there. And uh, but uh, we have remember uh, Dan Andrews during uh, 2020 he wanted to build more a socialist housing well it's called his big housing build well of course uh, that uh, demand has outstripped uh, supply uh, there is still uh, 57,672 families on a waiting list uh, seeking housing last December while another 9,500 households are already already in housing hope to move to a more suitable property uh, so this is despite the Andrews government spending $5.3 on its big housing build. And so the social housing stock, despite that uh, splurge, has only increased by 74 properties in the, the past uh, four years. Uh, so the government hit back to say that the drop in figures when the department changed the way social housing was counted in 2019. They claim the social housing stock increased by 1,776 homes to 86,887 homes, still a drop in the bucket compared to how many uh, people are living in Melbourne now, and it is going to increase. Now, obviously, one way to well turbocharge the uh, construction of new housing in Melbourne, even though the construction industry is overheated as we just saw with the collapse of, of Porter Davis is to uh, bulldoze through the inner city NIMBYs and the age uh, they had this uh, feature a lot of the the big Melbourne stories are in the the age and uh, also as you saw on on seven news uh, so uh, they did this feature on YIMBYs uh, yes in my backyard so this is uh, Jonathan O'Brien, organiser of the Melbourne New Progressives, who's saying, yes, uh, we want more uh, build-up uh, uh, housing density in our neighbourhood. We think it will be good for the economy 
and also the amenities of our area there. Now, I noticed I, I brought you, well, it would have been a fortnight ago, some of the, the memes that uh, the economic zone formerly known as Australia on Twitter, Zifka is the the acronym, they put out this uh, this meme, fucking NIMBYs just let Metricon bulldoze your suburbs and put up 10 million apartments. Well, the thing is, though, these, uh, these uh, migrants are coming in, whether we like it or not, the government, as I covered on la the last show, is letting in close to 200,000 new migrants every year. And so if they're coming, whether we like it or not, no, we, we don't have a voice in this uh, to, to, to use that terminology. I mean, the only solution is to allow more houses and apartments and townhouses to, to be built. And obviously that if we're getting no say in the matter, that's the, the only uh, solution there. Uh, but of course, then there's the question, how will uh, those people, those new migrants, uh, the 6 million, 9 million who are going to be part of Greater Melbourne, how will they, we get access to food and other ser services? Well, there is Plan Melbourne's 20-minute uh, neighbourhoods. Uh, so it's not 15-minute uh, cities, it is a 20-minute neighbourhoods, and this was an article that uh, Margot Huss wrote a while back. So uh, Plan Melbourne, they are planning for everything to be that uh, you need, uh, work, uh, education, health services, amenities to be with 800 metres uh, distance there. Now, obviously, uh, it is the it is termed just a conspiracy theory if you think that uh, 15 minute cities or, or 20 minute neighborhoods are designed to keep you in a prison, even though the Victorian state government uh, for 2020 and 2021 uh, kept Melburnians within a five kilometer radius of their home. Uh, so it was a, a compulsory uh, 20, 20 minute neighborhood there. Uh, so they added to the Plan Melbourne website this uh, overview in response to some theorists that have been circulating. It's important to highlight that the 20 minute neighborhoods is not about putting restrictions on any anyone traveling outside their neighborhood or freely moving across Melbourne or monitoring anyone like we did in 2020 and 2021. The intent is to support local communities and local businesses and to give people the choice to walk or cycle to things they need like shops, schools, parks and services. So it's all about a convenience there. And uh, now the age also had a series uh, recently uh, talking about a possible uh, locations uh, for Melbourne's uh, second CBD. And uh, they listed uh, Clayton, Box Hill, uh, Bandura, and Sunshine, which all coincidentally uh, just happened to be uh, superstations on the Andrews government suburban rail loop with just the east and the north parts, this is not including the western parts, costing so far 
uh, these, these are cost projections, but as we know with the Andrews government, costs always blow out. 125 billion and won't be ready by the mid 2050s. And there hasn't been a, a business case for the suburban rail loop, but uh, part of the loop's viability is that uh, is that massive population and dwelling growth needs to occur around those super stations so uh, there is enough people to patronize those stations there uh, Pre uh premier dan andrews his uh, big build is popular but it is sending the state broke uh, with uh, victoria's debt currently 115 billion and is projected to blow out to 165 billion by 2025-26 with uh, rising interest rates to increase the interest on servicing that debt. Uh, Dan is now softening us up for a brutal state budget on May 23. He's asked Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers uh, for more money to be allocated to uh, Victoria for infrastructure because he accused the, the Morrison government of uh, screwing over Victoria. The federal budget is on May 9. The newspapers, both The Age and The Herald Sun, reported on the weekend that the much-hyped Melbourne Airport Rail Link could be delayed. It uh, is uh, planned to be finished by 2029, uh, but uh, pushing it out, uh, that, uh, that would only have minimal budget savings because uh, this is one of the cheaper uh, big build projects at only $11 billion. Uh, but uh, delays to the big build that uh, will certainly upset the CFMEU, who you remember their advertising for the, the last state election, uh, said, even if you think Andrews is a prick, uh, then uh, you should still vote for him because uh, you'll get work. The CFMEU, just before Easter, they staged a cost of living protest, uh, even though the governments at the state and federal level in charge of, well, uh, who claim they can solve the cost of living, uh, both Labor, their mates. So now they raise their hands in a horizontal direction like this. Uh, isn't that the, the type of uh, horizontal direction that uh, Dan Andrews is wanting to, to ban. Of course, they're not uh, raising their hands in a salute, but of course, the uh, if you snap a photo of, of a person's or persons with their arms raised in a horizontal direction or using soccer terminology in an unnatural position, it can look like a certain type of uh, salute. So we still await uh, Dan Andrews draft legislation on banning the Nazi salute. Now, John Secker, the Victorian Secretary of the State CFMU, actually addressed the cost of living rally. I was surprised he was out in public, given uh, given that uh, his estranged wife, uh, Emma Walters, has uh, has now been charged with an alleged plot to kill him. And now one of the uh, proposed budget cuts is in community health. And so this was a Another uh, Seven News report, he, uh, basically speaking to these various community health groups to say this is terrible what Dan is planning to do to us. Community health programs are set to be slashed in next month's state budget. It is the latest cost-cutting measure from the Andrews government, desperate to rein in record debt. 
There are budget guarantees. All of our uh, election commitments will be delivered. But as for funding for community health programs... Well, as you would all know, the budget is still being uh, developed. Refusal to rule out health cuts. Uh, just tell you what we all know. This is a horror budget that is coming for Victoria. Palliative Care Victoria helps patients die at home with dignity. They worry they're among the cuts. In the next 10 years, we're going to see a 50% increase in the need for palliative care, which we need to start planning for now to grow the specialist workforce that we need. They need an increase in funding to meet demand. Some analysis that we did last year has demonstrated that we've had a shortfall in funding year on year for at least the last five Years. And the federal treasurer isn't keen on a bailout for our predicted $165 billion debt. Well, the Victorian uh, budget is under pressure in the same way that the Commonwealth budget is under pressure as well, and many of the states and territories. The state opposition says instead of turning to the federal government to fix the budget, the Andrews government needs to look within and reduce spending on its big build projects. If we look at the uh, major infrastructure projects in this state, we've seen $30 billion of blowouts. We need to look at how we more efficiently run those projects. Chanel Vella, 7 News. Now, of course, Dan Andrews, if he wanted to, to save a more substantial amount of money, well, he could uh, cut his private office in half, given that he ha his, his uh, private office has twice the staff of the, the, the prime minister. Uh, there is a huge, huge increase in uh, public sector workers during Dan's premiership. I did cover on the last show that uh, he has instructed uh, uh, government departments uh, to prepare uh, for their staff to be slashed by around uh, 10%. Uh, so you can also expect pushback from Dan's other mates, the public sector unions. Uh, now, fortunately for Dan Andrews, uh, virtue signaling is uh, still cheap. Uh, this was uh, Dan Andrews last week, of course, defending uh, drag queen events for children. This uh, was his uh, sanctimonious uh, spray uh, that he is known for. Uh, on the broader issue, though, uh, you know, trying to disrupt events that are peaceful, lawful, uh, they're not uh, compulsory. If you don't want to go, don't go. You know, like make a choice. But equality is not negotiable in this state. And I think it's a pretty sad day when the worst of American politics is creeping in to our state. Uh, there's no place for that. There's just no place for that at all. And we see this sort of stuff in Florida and all sorts of other places. We don't need that here. We just don't. Um, we are a harmonious, respectful, inclusive place. Uh, we're being different is not a bad thing. Our differences, our uh, fundamental diversity, uh, is one of our greatest strengths. One of our greatest strengths. It's what makes us such a vibrant, interesting, thoughtful place. And uh, it shouldn't be too much to ask to simply expect that you be treated fairly and equally. That's the way it should be. But this is the nasty side of some pretty, some pretty awful stuff that has crept into our public debate and crept into our politics. And I again make the point, you know, of course our friends on the other side of the chamber, they're in no position to, to criticise this sort of behaviour because they did a preference deal with these people last year. 
But they were, they were happy to get into a political partnership with them. Their MPs are happy to stand on the steps of Parliament with them. They're in no position to lead on this issue. Who knows what they owe these people as a result of having been in a political partnership with them. You've got to be clear about this. You're either for inclusion and respect and safety or you're not. And frankly, that sort of stuff, there's just that's the worst of American politics and there's no place for that here. At least that's, at least that's my view. There, he said it, diversity is our strength. And of course he said, oh, if you don't like drag shows aimed at children, don't go. Would he say, oh, if you don't like uh, strip shows aimed at children, don't go. Uh, if you don't like burlesque shows aimed at children, don't go. Would he say that? I, because as you would have, un a lot of you would have unfortunately seen uh, the footage coming out of these uh, drag events aimed at children from the United States, and they're just horrifying. And that's certainly uh, what, uh, well, he, uh, Dan Andrews talked about uh, the importation of uh, American culture wars. Well, uh, Dan Andrews certainly wants to import uh, the degenerate culture from blue state America. Now, what prompted uh, Dan's uh, virtue signal there uh, was uh, this article in The Age. And so uh, this was a, a story about uh, the owner of the Chelsea Rebel Cafe, uh, which is in uh, the uh, bayside of, of Melbourne, uh, just north of Frankston there. So Meg Anderson, she contacted to police after people who objected to her event uh, where it would have drag queens uh, dra a drag it was called color me excited uh, so it uh, it would have there there it is there and so apparently I uh, what uh, it, uh, what led her to cancelling the event uh, was bigoted messages and uh, threatening comments in online forums and it's what is named here is the there is a freedom a community group called my place in frankston i went to their christmas party uh abc 730 recently did a hit piece on my place in in frankston and it as and it has meg anderson here saying uh, as it, it goes further down here that uh, she she said that she was uh, reduced to tears as a result of the hateful message about drag queens she had received when the event was first advertised two weeks ago she cancelled the event soon after advertising it saying she felt that the recent incidents including neo-nazis turning up at an, an up at an event on the steps of state parliament where women were protesting against transgender rights made her feel it was not safe it's disgraceful she said i didn't want me and my staff to be attacked by anyone she said she was heartbroken to cancel the event we have a very strong relationship with these girls brackets the performers um if they're drag queens they're certainly not girls i mean they take off their female 
wigs and attire once they're finished performing there and hi i have gay staff members they see us having to cancel it and it's a ripple effect they're going to feel uncomfortable wonder if their safety is okay anderson said the venue had operated eight years and and had hosted regular drag events for adults for the past two years without controversy she said the recent event was organized in response to queries from parents over the years as to whether they could bring their children to drag events at the venue are you serious that there was actually parents demanding oh we want a drag show at your venue for our children and it also uh, mentions that uh, the city of Casey, uh, they cancelled a planned planned uh, drag queen event aimed at uh, children recently. And uh, it uh, quoted a drag king uh, performer, the uh, Croatian lizard queen, as they call themselves, uh, Bilali Bazaar, was one of the performers who lost work due to the cancellation of the Casey event a fortnight ago, criticized the council for canceling the event, saying such backdowns had historically emboldened extremist groups. Emboldened once more, it appears the same alt-right groups are now seeking to force the cancellation of other LGBTQIA community events, he said in a statement, or they use their he pronoun there, and also mentions that, uh, that uh, last year the National Socialist Network turned up at a Mooney Valley a school holiday event featuring drag performers, including uh, Bilal Bazaar at, a, at a Mooney Valley Park there to protest. And uh, now that was a that was a event at a, a cafe, so it wasn't uh, the, the one in Chelsea, so it wasn't a government sanctioned event, but uh, Dan Andrews, uh, even like he virtue signals for free, but he does fund a fund a LGBT what is whatever uh, events. Remember, he gave a LGBTQ hotlines the extra nine hundred thousand uh, dollars because they they needed it because of the trauma of uh, seeing National Socialist uh, Network on the steps of Victoria's Parliament, even though we're in a budget uh, emergency. And uh, his uh, government's freezer program uh, funds events like this, the Pride Formal, uh, down on the Mornington Peninsula on Friday, the 19th of May. Uh, so it says free for 10 to 17-year-olds. It'll have live music, DJ, photo booth, face glitter, art, and more. And, of course, this is not just a victorian uh, thing to have all of these events aimed at children uh, this was up on the north uh, north coast in new south wales queer sex ed day for youth this was actually today uh, so there was an event in the morning aimed at 12 to 15 year olds and it says come along to a fun friendly queer inclusive day and learn about all the juicy sex ed topics that you didn't learn about at school meet and connect with inclusive sexual health professionals queer community lunch fun sex ed games and prizes like isn't sex ed supposed to be education? They're making it sound like it's some naughty, uh, guilty pleasure there.
Now, I wonder with people like Dan Andrews and uh, the mainstream media are always uh, decrying that uh, there's these uh, hateful, bigoted people protesting uh, these uh, uh, these harmonious, inclusive events aimed at, uh, at children, uh, whether Dan Andrews might follow uh, the lead of the New Democratic Party in Ontario, Canada. Uh, you may have seen this. Uh, they have uh, proposed, introduced a, a bill into the Ontario Provincial Parliament, which that takes in the city of uh, Toronto, which would create exclusion zones around side LGBT events such as Drag Queen Story Hour, like there is exclusion zones around abortion clinics uh, all around Australia, and I think it's the law in Canada as well. And this was a, a real press conference here. Firstly, it enables the Attorney General to create a 2S LGBTQI plus community safety zone to prohibit within 100 metres of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. Uh, now, that uh, short Asian lady who introduced the, the bill looks like Mao Zedong's wife. Uh, so that is uh, the... Uh, uh, Kirsten Wong Tam, who has they, them pronouns and is the MMP for Toronto Centre. And uh, we also got to hear uh, from some of the performers. Uh, this is a, a wide shot of the whole press conference there on the far left. That, look, that looks like a, like a sure, a, a drag sure. I mean, sure looks quite. A, a, has outrageous dress at the best of times and that is yeah and why is there the like the the woman of color and the the wheelchair with the mask on as well a, did she speak uh, as well of course there had to be masks in there as well so uh, i'll play this as one of the the drag queens uh, defending her events aimed at children we will not let fear win. A world without trans people has never existed. A world without drag has never existed, and it never will. Queer people have always been here amongst us. They are our co-workers. They are our brothers, our sisters. They are our mothers, our fathers. They are our families. Drag is art. Drag is culture. Drag is educational. Drag is creative. Drag is comedy, but drag is not a crime. My name is Scarlett Bobo, and thank you so much for your time. Now let's go back to Victoria, where we could have a serial killer paroled on the street. This is, of course, uh, Paul Denyer, who in 1993 murdered three women who were just going about their everyday business, terrorised Frankston. His uh, victims, uh, the first one uh, was 18-year-old Elizabeth uh, Stevens, uh, grabbing her when she, uh, when she was getting off a bus, pressed a pipe to her neck, 
and pretended he had a gun and then took her off to a remote location where he strangled and stabbed her. Then uh, his uh, second victim, uh, he did uh, attempt to abduct a 41-year-old Rochelle Toth, uh, Rosasha Toth, as she walked from home. Uh, so tried to abduct uh, abduct her in the same way he did Elizabeth uh, Stevens, uh, but she managed to escape. Uh, but then uh, Denia uh, abducted and murdered a 22-year-old mother, Debbie Frame. Uh, she had given birth uh, just uh, 12 days prior. And uh, A Current Affair uh, recently aired a segment uh, where we heard uh, from, he was known as uh, Baby Jake, uh, uh, Debbie Frame's son. He is now obviously 30 years old, and he wasn't told the, the truth about what happened to his mother until he was uh, older. And uh, it's obviously been with him his entire life. Uh, Paul Denya took away his his mother, and uh, she she had left uh, baby Jake in the care of a friend while she went to purchase milk at a nearby store. Uh, so Denya broke into a car, and when she returned, he seized control of the car, drove away with her, then strangled her and stabbed her twenty four times before discarding the body in a paddock. Then his final murder uh, was the kidnapping and killing of 17-year-old Natalie Russell, who at the time was the girlfriend of now Liberal Democrats uh, state MLC, David Limbrick, who is uh, speaking in Parliament on behalf of the families, urging the parole board and the, uh, to not uh, grant him parole and also uh, to... Uh, to lobby the state government to inter intervene. Uh, so he was caught because of a concerned uh, citizen who uh, reported a, a suspicious car near the area uh, where Natalie Russell was murdered. And also he matched the, de the description of a, his uh, surviving victim, Toth, gave uh, to the police there. And uh, you would have, some of you would have seen uh, the uh, tapes that police made of his uh, police interrogation and uh, confession, where he said that uh, he, I always wanted to kill. And he said, why, why, he asked why he killed the women during police interviews. He said, I just hate women. Now, he was given three life sentences without the possibility of parole, uh, but he appealed. And uh, was a was was eligible for a parole in 30 years. It is now 30 years later, since 1993, 2023. In the early 2000s, Paul Denyer uh, decided he would identify as a woman as Paula Denyer. Uh, but uh, the prison authorities back in 2004 didn't buy it because it was. Uh, it was before transmania. Maybe if uh, Paul Denya had tried uh, uh, tried this on now, uh, so there was a, a back in two thousand and four, a prison medical professional assessed Denya to establish whether he's a suitable candidate for sex reassignment surgery. Denied his application, according to uh, crime reporter 
John Sylvester. He no longer identifies as transgender and uh, says it's irrelevant to his crimes. And and the fact Denya itself had stated that his desire to be a woman was directly linked to the murders. And also there is a, a new new podcast by uh, Vicky uh, Petratus, uh, who wrote the, the book, the, the Frankston Murders. Uh, she's now turned it into a podcast a, as, well, basically a, a putting it out there why he should never be uh, paroled uh, because uh, there is uh, justified fear he would uh, kill again. Uh, he has, if you go further up here, he was diagnosed with sadistic personality disorder and narcissistic personality uh, disorder. This uh, story was on Redux, a double X, which is a trans exclusionary radical feminist news uh, website. They do a lot of these in-depth investigative uh, pieces on these uh, the, the, these criminals who claim to be uh, transgender. So yes, and we don't know like when the the parole board will meet, uh, whether the like its decision is released to the public. There's so much we don't know. It's truly horrifying. And I grew up in the the Frankston area. I still live close to, to Frankston. Uh, here's uh, Killing Spree, a uh, damaged Frankston's reputation. Also, so did the, the disappearance of uh, Sarah McDermott from Cannonook Station in 1990, which uh, Denya is a, a suspect. So yes, um, there is rightful uh, scrutiny on how this uh, this parole board is going to operate and uh, the Andrew, uh, the Andrews government should do whatever it can to make sure that he is not paroled now moving on to uh, the main uh, topic of to tonight's uh, program we are going to be entering uh, what uh, <laughs> what I do call the marathon campaign for the voice referendum which will be held sometime in october now uh, since uh, my last news explosion the liberal party had its uh, party room meeting uh, where uh, they came to the view that they would oppose a, the Labor government's uh, constitutionally enshrined Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. To, it's not just the voice to the parliament now, it's to the executive as well. The voice, we still don't know how this uh, voice will be elected or selected. Uh, that is apparently up to the parliament after it's voted in in a referendum. So Peter Dutton, he called this uh, Anthony Albanese's Labor's Canberra voice. Uh, he says that uh, the Liberals uh, support recognising Indigenous people in the, the, the preamble to the Constitution. Uh, this is what uh, even John Howard and uh, Tony Abbott supported, but that was still open up if this hypothetical a uh, 
recognition of Indigenous people was inserted into the preamble, it could still be interpreted by the uh, the High Court to give them well, constitutionally enshrined extra rights uh, as well. And now uh, they, uh, we had uh, Dutton's deputy Susan Lay say that, oh, we're not saying no, we're saying yes to lots of things, including recognising Indigenous people in the constitution and legislating a local and regional uh, voices. Now, although the Liberal front bench is bound by the party room decision, backbenchers are not. Uh, so the, the first to say that she would be campaigning for the voice was Tasmanian uh, Liberal backbencher member for Bass, Bridget Archer. The Liberal Tasmanian Premier, Jeremy Rockcliffe, the last Liberal Premier left standing, he is also campaigning for a yes vote. So is his predecessor, Peter Gutwin. And uh, we saw uh, last week a... Peter Dutton's shadow attorney general and Indigenous affairs spokesman, Julian Lisa, uh, resign uh, uh, from his front bets position so he could campaign for a yes vote. A, of course, uh, Julian Lisa, even though he was shadow Indigenous affairs minister, he himself is not Indigenous, he's Jewish. So Peter Dutton, he has to choose a new uh, shadow attorney general and shadow Indigenous Affairs Minister. There is obviously a draft, uh, Jacinta Price, the country Liberal Party Senator uh, for the, the Northern uh, Northern Territories. She sits in the National Party Room. The Nationals came out opposing a, the constitutionally enshrined voice back in October last year. Uh, so they made their position very clear back then. And uh, Peter Dutton visited uh, Alice Springs uh, again uh, with uh, Jacinta Price because a, the not just Alice Springs, but uh, Darwin and other remote Northern Territory areas are still being ravaged by violent uh, crime. And uh, when uh, Peter Dutton uh, was asked by the, the ABC, oh, it's disputed your claim that there's uh, widespread uh, child sexual abuse in Alice Springs, uh, in Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. Uh, he wasn't having a bar of that loaded question and uh, oh, rebuked the ABC reporter. The, the so-called rampant rates of child sexual abuse in Central Australia. Now, we've seen the snake, which advocates for Indigenous children, come out and strongly reject your call for a royal commission into that. Um, they've labelled it, labelled it an uninformed uh, approach. Uh, why do you think those kind of peak bodies are, are rejecting those calls by you? And, and what evidence do you have that there is this so-called rampant child sexual abuse occurring in remote central Australia? Well, I mean, with respect, that's such an ABC question. Do you live locally? I mean, do you speak to people on the streets? Do you hear what it is they're saying to you? I mean, do you, do you believe... I live locally. You, you live locally. You don't believe there's any problem OK, here? we've no, got to I'm leave that there because we're going to our break. That was live from Alice Springs. Opposition leader Peter Dutton. Yes, the, the ABC <laughs> presenter in Ultimo in inner Sydney, Joe O'Brien, uh, cut... Dutton off uh, right in the middle. He was uh, in the middle of that. Uh, Dutton was rebuking his uh, reporter, uh, but they had to throw to an ad break, even though the ABC doesn't carry advertising. Uh, but uh, this uh, ABC reporter, Lee Robertson, he did 
air a segment later on ABC News, uh, which featured uh, Northern Territory Labor Senator uh, Melanie Marie McCarthy urging Peter Dutton not to use Alice Springs as a political football. The Northern Territory Labor Police Minister Kate Warden claiming that Dutton's claim of high level of child sexual abuse in Alice Springs is not able to be substantiated. And Catherine Little, the CEO of Snake, has said there is no evidence to back up Peter Dutton's claim. And uh, Bridget Archer, she retweeted uh, the Guardian political correspondent Paul Carp uh, reporting that uh, the NT poli uh, police minister uh, had gone even further, Kate Warden, uh, saying uh, Dutton's claims in Alice Springs of child sexual abuse were a dog act. And uh, Jacinta Price was uh, the guest on ABC Insiders and was interviewed by David Spears on Sunday. And she was questioned saying, well, if you've, you and Peter Dutton have been uh, told these stories about uh, children uh, being put back into uh, abusive households, why aren't you reporting it to the police? Basically, they're trying to say that, oh, this is a, uh, this is a, a moral panic invented by them that uh, imagine the the abc like this this is quite incredible that uh, the abc and the the left they are downplaying uh the significance of uh child sexual abuse having occurring uh in parts of australia and uh the children not being uh, removed and put into a safe environment there. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe that they're, they're trying to claim that uh, Peter Dutton and Jacinda Price are exaggerating a, 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 this for political expediency. We had uh, the uh, Indigenous Affairs Minister, uh, Linda Burney, uh, when she was in Darwin on the weekend, campaign for The Voice. Uh, she's campaigning everywhere uh, for The Voice referendum. Uh, her, the hotel she was staying at, uh, her staff came to the aid of a woman who was stabbed outside her hotel. So it was the Esplanade Hotel in Darwin shortly before 6 p.m. Police said the woman entered the hotel lobby for assistance before emergency services arrived on the scene, taken to Royal Darwin Hospital, uh, died shortly after. The, uh, the minister confirmed she was at the scene describing, uh, describing the efforts of her staff to assist the victim. As she said, last night in Darwin, a woman tragically died from allegedly being stabbed outside a hotel where I was staying. Together with staff from the hotel members, my staff provided assistance and I comforted members of her family. She gave her heartfelt condolences. I want to thank the hotel staff. A 56-year-old man was charged with murder on Saturday night in relation to the stabbing death. He, he was believed to be the partner of the victim and was located after CCTV operators directed police to him. So it's a alleged domestic violence murder. So he uh he will he was he will appear on court on monday so uh they had that uh sky news matt cunningham spoke to the victim's 
brother, he said his sister from the community of Majorita, about 500 kilometers east of Darwin, had come to the city to visit her son who was in prison. Death came in the year, but thousands of people were expected to attend an anti-crime rally at Parliament House. Opposition leader Leah Fachnera has called on the government to take immediate action to address violent crime. Uh, this illustrates a, a, we have this crisis happening in the Northern Territory happening. How is the voice going to fix this? Uh, we don't even know who will be part of the voice, uh, whether the advice that they uh, will, will give uh, will change any of this, will lead to a will lead to a better response. This this is the whole thing. And uh, we had uh, we had on on Friday uh, the uh, a co committee because uh, the proposed referendum question and uh, the insertion of the constitution now goes through a parliamentary committee. Uh, so there was uh, testifying was constitutional law expert Ann Toomey said saying oh there's uh, th there's no room for uh the voice to give a veto to to parliament or to hold up the uh business of of government uh before it can make representations uh there was also uh Marcia Langton who's the one of the co-authors of the voice report who Lucas Rosess on the unshackled back in December 2019 documented her Marxist uh, beginnings. So this was Mar Marsha Langton in 1977 when uh, she was loud, open and proud of her Trotskyite uh, beliefs. Uh, there is another a professor uh, who is part of the, the Albanese government's consultation who uh, uh, Megan Davis, who said that yes, the it's yeah the 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 voice can and should make representations to the executive, even the Reserve Bank if it wants to. Uh, so uh, so far, it looks unlikely that the voice would have a veto on legislation. Uh, Deputy Liberal Leader Susan Lay, she was uh, criticised by. Acting Prime Minister Richard Miles and various media commentators for claiming the voice could veto Australia Day and Anzac Day, uh, but it is certainly the uh, certainly not out of the realm of possibility that the voice could hold up the business of government. You can't make these decisions until the voice makes representations, even even though you don't have to take their advice, you still have to. They still have to be able to give it. Uh, now there are to no uh, uh, official no campaigns uh, for uh, the voice. The first one is Fair Australia, uh, which is uh, part of, it's a, what's a, it's a campaign of the Advanced Australia Lobby Group. So obviously Jacinta Price, uh, she is the, the main uh, spokeswoman for it. We are one together, not divided. And uh, also has a other Aboriginals who, well, they're clearly Aboriginal with their dark uh, dark skin. There, they're certainly not, uh, uh, and they. So there is certainly no dispute there about their Aboriginality. There, so you have uh, Sh Sharon say, "We are one mob, the Aussie mob. Don't let them divide us." There is Eric. I'm an Australian just like you. The voice will won't help us. It will divide us. 
there is Matilda who says, I'm a daughter, I'm an auntie, I'm a cousin, and I don't want others to look at me differently. We are one mob. Then there is Stuart. I don't want you to look at me differently. That's why I'm voting no. And then there is Sammy. I'm an Australian citizen just like you. That's why I'm saying no to the voice. That's trying to divide us. And it has Lavinus who says, I love my family. I don't want people to look at them differently. And Tony Abbott who says, uh, former prime minister, I think it's wrong in principle to divide Australians by race. And Tony Abbott's, he, uh, his comments on The Voice from a recent podcast have been going viral because they're just so distinct. He wasn't good as prime minister, but he was spot on here. It would be disastrous in practice. Uh, I can't think of anything that we are currently being called upon to do to our country that would be worse than this. The PM keeps saying that not to vote yes is to be disrespectful and impolite to Aboriginal people. Yep. Uh, it's really a form of moral blackmail, the argument that he's using. Mm -hmm. He's also trying uh, to, uh, as it were, um, tilt the playing field mm -hmm. uh, by giving tax deductibility for yes donations uh, without tax deductibility for no donations. Yep by putting tens of millions of dollars into a publicly funded campaign against misinformation, which will ultimately be uh, propaganda for the yes case. So, so I'm very worried. I want to rally every Australian who believes in constitutional equality uh, to vote against this. And uh, now there is a, another no campaign group, Recognise a Better Way, which is headed by Warren Mundine, who, well, back in 2004, uh, was the federal, sorry, 2005, he was the, the federal Labor Party president. And he had, uh, obviously, a, a conservative red pilling. Uh, he was uh, the, the liberal uh, candidate for the seat of Gilmore in, in 2019. He's also a born-again uh, Christian as well. Uh, so recognize a better way. It uh, advocates for obviously real uh, solutions, poverty, disadvantage and despair is not caused by a lack of voice. It's caused by a lack of economic participation. Warren Bandine is a big advocate uh, for uh, the ability of Indigenous people and in remote communities to, to build their own businesses, have property rights, and uh, on the committee is obviously Warren Mundine, former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson, Yodi Batsy, Ian Conway, Peter Gibbs, Dr. Gary Johns. He's written a number of books on Aboriginal uh, and welfare issues and Bob Little OAM. Uh, now, Tony, uh, Tony Abbott, he mentioned the, the AEC's, uh, they launched their disinformation register in preparation for the the voice campaign this is the the video that they put out on their twitter account people spread disinformation to influence the decisions you make it's important to know their tactics some may intentionally ask questions to cast doubt on something without providing evidence if you see something that makes you feel a strong emotional response stop and consider why. Be mindful of people cherry-picking information, often leaving out context or the source. Authorised by the Electoral Commissioner, Canberra. In this Rebel News 
article uh, quotes the electoral commissioner, Tom Rogers, who says, if you spread incorrect information about the process we run deliberately or otherwise, we will correct you. The message here is simple. The AEC will not tolerate the spread of mistruths about our referendum process, no matter the source. So we'll see how that unfolds there. Now let's go over to the United States where the deep state has once again been uh, embarrassed with its lies being exposed thanks to a the, uh, the well, you'd call it uh, the latest uh, Pentagon uh, Papers, uh, which uh, uh, was uh, released in an online gaming forum by Jake uh, Tyria. Uh, who is a 21-year-old low-level National uh, Guardsman. Now, because he is a white male Christian and a, a gamer, the mainstream media and deep state establishment have done their, their usual uh, propaganda counter counterattack, uh, shooting the, the messenger, saying, hi, oh, he didn't do this because he was a whistleblower. He was trying to impress his, his gaming uh, buddies. But uh, as Glenn Greenwald uh, point, pointed out, uh, you should look, uh, look at the documents, not at, <laughs> not at the, the person who leaked them, which is what the deep state and mainstream media want you to, to focus on. Uh, they exposed that, uh, like the Pentagon Papers uh, leaked by Daniel Ellsberg in the the, the Vietnam War, exposed uh, that uh, the U.S. is actually uh, Ukraine is losing the war against uh, Russia, and hence the U.S. is because there are U.S. and NATO forces in Ukraine. Uh, U.S. and NATO military personnel are pretty much running uh, the Ukrainian military operation there, and this is the exact opposite that you've been told in the, the media and by the deep state that uh, Russia is being humiliated and that uh, uh, they're being pushed out of the Donbass and the, the south and the east, all disinformation, all lies, and even in incredibly uh, that uh, Ukraine is still buying uh, fuel from Russia itself to, to power its uh, its tanks. Uh, there is quite some extraordinary things in there. And no wonder uh, John Kirby, uh, the spokesman for uh, the State Department, said that uh, n nobody has the right to lose, to, to view these documents. Again, without confirming the validity of the documents, this is information that has no business in the public domain. It has no business, if you don't mind me saying, uh, on the pages of, uh, of uh, front pages of, of newspapers or on television. It is not intended for public uh, consumption, uh, and it should not be out there. Yes, we don't, you, you don't have a right to know that uh, we're spreading disinformation, lying to you, wasting your taxpayer money uh, to, well, it's not just funding uh, the, the the Ukrainian military and, and running it. This is the part that uh, the US government is open uh, about. Uh, the US aid to Ukraine is about, well, uh, funding all aspects of uh, 
the Ukrainian government, which, uh, of course, if you will remember, pre-2022 was known as one of the most uh, corrupt governments in the world. This is uh, Victoria Newland, the Queen of Coups, who kicked it all off with the uh, the US-backed Euromaidan revolution in 2014. As the Ukrainian people heroically defend their immediate future, we must also help them begin planning for their long-term recovery. Together, we are working on how to support Ukraine's military of the future so that Russia can't simply storm back after this next counteroffensive and take land again in a few months or in a few years. We will also help rebuild Ukraine's energy infrastructure so it comes back greener and more resilient. We will help strengthen Ukraine's government institutions to ensure they deliver dignity and opportunity for all Ukraine citizens and that they are better hardened against corruption. And we will help rebuild you. And she goes on and on and on there. And uh, this is uh, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, uh, announcing a, that uh, they had uh, caught the uh, the leaker, uh, but didn't mention uh, with the assistance of the the mainstream media, the Washington Post and the New York Times, who are more than happy to cooperate uh, with the uh, the the deep state. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Thanks. Now, following up on uh, the U.S. news that I covered on the the last show, uh, the aftermath of the transurrection at the the Tennessee state capitol, uh, two uh, representatives were expelled for facilitating the uh, transurrection in the Tennessee state capitol. Uh, now, because uh, the 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 two uh, two reps who were expelled. Uh, were black. Of course, there were accusations that it was racism. And uh, one of them, uh, now former rep Justin Pierce Pearson, uh, channeled a, well, decided to speak in what you would call a Martin Luther King voice. Uh, I've got it here. I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday. All hope seemed to be lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise and it is a prophecy. 
It's a prophecy that came out of the cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. And so I've still got hope because I know we are still here and we will never quit. And now, back when he was in college running for a student, a student union position, uh, Justin Pearson didn't speak in Martin Luther King voice. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he spoke in, well, just a regular American voice. You could say even uh, sounded white. And he wanted to bring people together, not be the divisive person uh, that he is now. Uh, now... Obviously, uh, the, the, the transurrections, uh, there was five of them that occurred. Uh, they occurred in the lead up to the uh, Trans Day of Visibility and in the aftermath of the, uh, the tragic uh, Covenant uh, school uh, shooting, uh, which, uh, of course, was uh, carried out by a female who then identified as male now this uh, the post-millennial they cover these quite unbelievable stories here uh, so there is a transgender teacher in florida ashley who allegedly said they were going to shoot the kids then themselves remains in the classroom despite uh, parents complaints so this is a uh, fox chapel middle school uh, so they're demanding answers. Uh, so the the it goes here the the sheriff's office report obtained by Moms for Liberty uh, stated that a school resource office also responded to a report from assistant principal Kerry Thornton had made statements about harming themselves and possibly shooting the students. So uh, this is this is this is quite unbelievable here uh now of course that is not the only uh trans mania news coming out of the the united states the world's most famous uh trans woman or sorry uh what is that uh, uh girlhood uh, girlhood journey traveler dylan uh, mulvaney they had a recent uh, sponsorship or partnership with uh, Bud Light and also Nike modeling their female sports bra. Now, despite the fact that I am uh, modeling the, uh, the, the, the Nike female apparel, uh, it, would be, it would seem to be the, uh, the more obscene one, given that Dylan, despite having female feminization, surgery is still flat chested and so a sports bra wouldn't wouldn't really uh, wouldn't really have much trouble fitting on but it's the the bud light sponsorship uh which has a had the most uh, severe backlash now remember back when 
they, they, there was that backlash against Cooper's Brewery because they sponsored a Bible, uh, a, a Bible society debate between Tim Wilson and Andrew Hasty on same-sex marriage, and they apologized and said, oh, we didn't uh, want to make light of this issue, and we support marriage equality. Uh, well, now we're seeing, uh, thankfully, uh, some... Uh, <laughs> backlash in the other direction and so this is the ceo of budweiser uh so saying we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people we're in the business of bringing people together over a beer i care deeply about this country this company our brands and partners i spend much of my time traveling across america listening and learning from our customers distributors and others moving forward i will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation the company Einhauser Bush has uh, reportedly lost uh, six billion in market capital, uh, which is just uh, in incredible. Uh, now, one a conservative commentator calling for an end to the uh, the the Bud Light boycott is Donald Trump Jr. is because they they donate to Republicans. This is one like we're dunking on them now, but when you actually look into it. They'd be one of the more conservative-leaning companies in America. So they've been put on notice. I'm leaving them alone. I think you should probably do the same. Yeah, so shut up and take Anheuser-Busch's money for the Republican primaries and presidential campaign there. That is the most ridiculous logic that I've ever heard. Now, going back to, uh, well... Before there was uh, Dylan Mulvaney and uh, Jeffrey Marsh as the most uh, influential trans, trans trenders is the, the terminology. Back uh, back in 2015, 2016, the originals on on YouTube, the transgender uh, trans trenders were Milo Stewart. Uh, she was the one who cut her hair short and said she was trans non-binary even though she sounded exactly like a woman just with short hair and still continued to wear dresses. She claimed there was millions and millions of genders. Then there was uh, Riley J. Dennis, a, a trans woman who, well, is a lesbian. Uh, that was one of the, the, the that's the one of the lines of Kelly J. Keene, that men can't be lesbians. Though uh, Riley Dennis claim to be a yeah a trans female lesbian now milo stewart occasionally makes videos uh, though riley dennis uh, hasn't made a video for three years and uh, riley dennis is now in australia uh playing uh, soccer in the football new south wales league one it has a uh, five uh, trans women playing. This is again from Redux. And uh, so after there was scrutiny on uh, Riley Dennis's, well, incredible uh, female soccer ability, uh, was the, the number one <laughs> goal scorer in the league. I, uh, the names have now been scrubbed and it just lists the the club, uh, club who, uh, the club which the player, player belongs to. Uh, so they've uh, scrubbed that there. 
and uh, there are uh, allegations that uh, there have been a biological uh, female uh, female players injured uh, by uh, Riley Dennis, but as this uh, this um, article says, uh, they're unable to be uh, substantiated. And uh, so Binary Australia have coordinated 12,000 uh, written complaints to Football New South Wales. Football Australia has a transgender inclusive policy and uh, some of Raleigh Dennis's most classic classic uh, videos was uh, misgendering uh, somebody is an act of violence and that uh, genital preferences are transphobic, which has actually been adopted by uh, the uh, University of Liverpool, unbelievably here, this University of Liberal Genital Preferences, a transphobic so that means that gay men are misogynists and lesbians are misandrists i mean of course there's some gay men who are misogynist and some lesbians who are misandrists but that's quite ridiculous there uh so the reason why riley dennis is in australia now is because her wife fiona is uh australian i'm not sure if they're they're married now but uh that's where she is now and now I finished uh, the uh, the discussion on the the voice without uh, mentioning uh, the Aboriginal politician whose uh, voice we probably hear too much, and that is now Independent Senator Lydia Thorpe. Uh, now, of course, her most recent uh, shenanigans were blocking a float at Mardi Gras, where she was booed and uh, police physically removed her. Uh, then, of course, she was uh, crash-tackled outside Parliament House when she was trying to inter interrupt Kelly J. Keane uh, speaking at the Let, Let Women Speak in, in Canberra. Uh, Seven News last night, they had an exclusive of her racially abusing a white man uh, outside of Maxine's Gentleman Club in Melbourne, where she was celebrating a 50th. Early this morning, outside a strip club in Melbourne. You know what I say? You know what I say to you? You know what I say to you? And you? You're a racist Independent Senator Lydia Thorpe and her friends out to celebrate her 50th birthday. A filmed arguing with a group of men. All I want to say to the black brothers there and anyone that we're fighting, any black man that stands with a white little like that, you can all get too. How the did someone get in Parliament like you? They've been oppressed all that. Senator Thorpe also taking matters into her own hands. And you, you are marked. Get out of my face. Lydia Thorpe has told Seven News that she was provoked, that the men singled her out and began to harass her over her views on Indigenous affairs. She says it's sad people are utilising whatever they can to drag her down when we're trying to discuss important issues in this country. Now, Pete Osman says, can I ask what she was doing at a strip club at 3am? Well, I guess that's where her friend's 50th birthday party was. Uh, 
it's probably safe to assume that uh, the ladies inside that gentleman's club had a lot more class uh, than Lydia does. And uh, she has now been banned for life from Maxine's gentleman club for her behavior. Now, of course, I'm not the only person to, uh, to, to put this hypothesis. Imagine if this was a white senator saying this to a member of the public who was Aboriginal using such racist language. Their career would be over. And her argument that she was uh, provoked politicians they get abused all the time and they know that they've got to maintain dignified calm composure even though they're being abused there and so that is why she's being criticized by politicians from across the political uh, spectrum uh, her former greens colleagues though haven't uh, said anything uh, but she we have got Lydia Thorpe is our senator for Victoria until 2028, thanks to the Greens putting her at the, the top of their ticket at the, the last, uh, the 2022 federal election. Uh, if she had any class decency, she would resign, uh, but uh, she has been elected for a, a six-year term, but that is absolutely appalling, abhorrent, racist conduct by Lydia Thorpe. It's an even newer low there. Now let's move to tech news and uh, it's uh, the, 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 the latest uh, change uh, to Twitter under Elon Musk's ownership has uh, occurred. Uh, so the ABC uh, the uh, CBC in Canada and Radio New Zealand have now got government-funded media uh, under under their Twitter accounts and tweets. Uh, now we we had we saw that uh, NPR and PBS uh, they quit Twitter in a, a huff when they were labelled government-funded media. And uh, of course, the the BBC uh, didn't like it, and of course, they didn't like when uh, Elon Musk's absolutely uh, destroyed their tech reporter who tried to claim I claim that there's more hate speech on Twitter under Elon Musk ownership, and uh, this is the examples that uh, uh, it the tech reporter uh, for uh, the the BBC. His name was James Clayton. These are examples he he came up with. Content you don't like or or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I mean you know just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of, those kinds of things. So you think if I'm, something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I, no, is that I'm, what you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying... Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content. And I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and, if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me, you've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more, it, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, what I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? 
I, I honestly don't use. I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, well, I only look well, at hang my Hang on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks, and I. Well, I, then I how did you, you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've been using, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the you, for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and I, you can't I, give a single one. And, and, and I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed. You just lied. What? No, no. What I claimed was. Uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my Give me feed one or example. not, I mean, I, right, and Literally you can, can name something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, wow. uh, now I believe that paramedics arrived shortly after with a, de a defibrillator, uh, since uh, he had a flatlined there. The reporter uh, James Clayton there, and I entitled. Uh, this interview peak Elon Musk arrangement syndrome because ever since he took over Twitter in October 2020, uh, his deranged critics have said that oh, Twitter's going to fall apart any moment. Look, he's fired half the the staff, and uh, but of course all of these people they they never uh, quit on Musk. They never migrated to. Macedon, uh, Apple quickly backed down on a reported threat to take Twitter off the App Store. Uh, Elon Musk is once again the world's richest man. You saw uh, how he destroyed uh, the the reporter. Why he is the world's richest man? Uh, because he is very good uh, in a combative atmosphere. Uh, so he. Uh, Musk, he was temporarily not the world's richest man, but he is again. Uh, so I think we've reached the, the peak of the Elon Musk derangement syndrome infection curve there. And now what also uh, occurred uh, during, well, it didn't actually occur over Easter. It actually occurred at late February, but went viral over Easter, uh, was the Dalai Lama. A, a, a Indian boy uh, asked, uh, can I hug you? And then the Dalai Lama said, uh, why don't you suck my tongue? And he appeared to place the boy's hands uh, uh, down below, uh, the, uh, below the Dalai Lama. It looked very creepy. What he said was creepy and uh, creepy there. And uh, so... Yeah, I, yeah, it was just, yeah, it looked very, like a lot of people were saying, you know, Catholic priests never did this sort of thing on, on, 
on camera. And uh, now one of the the Dalai Lama's defenders online this past couple of weeks has been Drew Pavluk of uh, the Democracy Alliance Party because, well, he's been trying to counter the uh, the CCP's uh, propaganda saying, look, this is why you shouldn't support free Tibet because the leader of Tibetan Buddhism, uh, look at what a creepy uh, was around uh, this uh, little uh, this uh, little boy. And I know that uh, various people have defended the Dalai Lama, saying, "Oh, it's a Tibetan greeting, poking uh, uh, poking your tongue out," but it's it's not part of the greeting to uh, suck someone's uh, tongue. The boy was interviewed after uh, by the the voice of of Tibet because I don't think anyone's really tracked down the boy. Look, I, I just thought it was creepy, but I'm not willing to cancel the, the 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 Dalai Lama. This is what the the boy and his his mother uh, said afterwards. Have I got the footage? Footage here? Yes. It was amazing meeting His Holiness, and I think it's a really great experience meeting somebody with such high positive energy. It's a really nice feeling meeting him, and you get a lot of that positive energy. It's not just like that, but once you get the positive energy, I think you're happier, and it's a better thing, and you smile a lot more. It was a really good experience overall. I'm Dr. Payal Kanodia, trustee M3M Foundation. We've been working in Dharamshala on this uh, skill center which we started last year. And since then we were looking at seeking blessings from His Holiness. And you know today we got this opportunity and especially when my family was there with me. And the, all the students who graduated from IM Power Academy of Skills were also present. We're totally, totally blessed to have got these blessings from His Holiness. He came, addressed us in person, taught about peace that the world needs and how everyone needs to feel together like brother and sister. And I, I absolutely cannot, you know, express how I feel getting blessed by him. Thank you. Uh, now, the Dalai Lama, uh, to refresh your, your history, has been uh, living in exile, uh, was head of the Tibetan government in exile from 1959 to 2011. That's when the People's Republic of China, Chinese Communist Party, annexed uh, Tibet and has uh, suppressed uh, Tibetan culture and uh, the, 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 the citizenry for decades. I still... Uh, uh, still support free Tibet, uh, despite uh, this whole weird saga there. And uh, I get what Drew's trying to do, trying to counter the CCP's propaganda, but it's such a weird, like, yeah, we weren't, weren't all expecting the Dalai Lama to get cancelled in 2023. Also, uh, what uh, China has been up to is that they've brokered a peace deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia uh, because they've uh, been in a cold war in the, the Middle East uh, for many years because Saudi Arabia is uh, Sunni what, and they're Arabs, uh, while Iran is, uh, they're, they're Shiites and they're also a different race, they're Persians. Uh, so with a, a peace deal brokered between these uh, two big Middle Eastern uh, powers, 
uh, the war in Yemen is ending, which is which is great. So no more starving Yemeni children with the blockade. Uh, but it also means that uh, that uh, the since uh, they're both members of the OPEC cartel, and so now that they're on good terms again, they've cut oil production. So that's why petrol has gone up uh, again. Uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's what's happened there. And uh, we might finish on the, the UK, have gone way over time uh, again, uh, so, but uh, of course, catching up on two weeks uh, worth, of, worth of news. And now uh, everyone was, uh, was uh, quite interested while a couple of months ago, Nicola Sturgeon resigned, announced her intention to resign as uh, First Minister of, of Scotland and leader of the Scottish National Party, Hamza Youssef. A, a Muslim of uh, Pakistani ethnicity is now her replacement. Now, a lot of people uh, speculated that it was because her uh, gender self-ID bill got torn up in, in Westminster, or, uh, Katie, or what Katie Hopkins speculated is because she was having a secret lesbian affair. No, it was, it was nothing like that. It was she resigned for much more uh, serious reasons although she denies that she knew that her husband uh peter murrell uh, she she's she's denied that she knew that her husband was under investigation uh for missing six hundred thousand pounds in party finances uh so he's a former a uh, peter murrell a former uh smp uh chief executive uh so police uh searched the the, the property and uh, raided the SP headquarters in edinburgh and uh nicola sturgeon of course denies that uh, she knew anything so the, this is over the the uh, there was uh his long face questions over alleged diversions of six hundred thousand pounds in SP donations earmarked for its drives for scottish independence. He also failed to declare a personal loan to the SNP of £100,000. Something could breach laws and political funding transparently. So this is a huge scandal. Like the, 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 the Scottish police wouldn't raid uh, the home of the ex-first minister unless they had serious, like, unless the investigation was very serious there. So yes, Looks like that's why she re re resigned. And we also have a Rishi Sunak. Uh, he is trying to to rally the uh, conservative base. Uh, he and his Home Secretary Suella Braverman, uh, they, they they announced a a boat turnback uh, policy. And uh, Rishi Sunak has also declared that uh, women don't have penises. Uh, the Labour opposition leader, Keir Starmer, said 99% of women don't have uh, penises, so there is a difference there. Now, uh, Rishi Sunak has said he's going to crack down on grooming gangs. Now, this is quite interesting. The, the Labour Party, Labour opposition, uh, because we all know here that the the conservatives they've been in power for 13 years they continue to let the grooming gangs run rampant the 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 boats come uh, across the english channel unimpeded well now amazingly the labor party has now released an ad 
uh, criticizing uh, Tory inaction on uh, grooming gangs. So this is a Labor Party ad. Do you think adults convicted of sexually assaulting children should go to prison? Rishi Sunak doesn't, and they've got his signature there. Under the Tories, uh, 4,500 adults convicted of sexually assaulting children under 16 serve no prison time. Labor will lock up dangerous child abusers. Well, they've not just neutralised that issue there. They've basically said, like, you know, you're saying you're tough now. You let them, you, you've hardly been tough on them. You're 13 years in, in, in government there. So... That was basically a slam dunk by the UK Labour opposition. I didn't know they they had it in them there. All right, so the show has gone for an hour and a, hour and a half. When I first launched Tim's News Explosion, the first episode in May 2021, it was supposed to be only a 30-minute news blast, uh, but it has uh, expanded ever since then. The, the show has uh, gotten bigger and longer and uh, what has also made it so enjoyable is the uh, excellent audience interaction by all of you i there's not a super chat on entropy but uh, i was alerted uh via email of a hundred dollar donation to the unshackled by dawn browning uh, so thank you so much uh for that uh a hundred dollar donation i assume hundred dollars for a hundred episodes so thank you very much uh for your uh support uh patronage and uh viewership uh for well you watch all of the the unshackled programs not just tim news explosion uh but uh, our ones in the past obviously trad tasman talk and uh there is still we obviously still have wilms trunk going i, do, I don't have an interview lined up uh, but if you have any uh, suggestions i'm all ears uh, please message me on telegram or gab uh, that's where you can also follow uh, the unshackled and myself to keep up to date with uh, with our latest news articles and get show alerts as well i'll be recording more reports from tiger mountain with rich wollstonecroft later this week uh, so uh, they're certainly uh, straight back into it after the Easter break. And of course, we'll be right back here next Monday, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on YouTube, DLive and Odyssey uh, for another uh, Tim's News Explosion. Uh, now, tomorrow night, I don't normally uh, suggest you watch Sky After Dark uh, because it is a very uh, conservative, but I'm going to make an ex exception here uh, because Peter Credlin is sitting down for an exclusive with uh, Moira Deeming after she was suspended from the Victorian Liberal Party Forum for nine months uh, for being at the Let Women Speak event Melbourne. They wanted to silence her. What happened to Moira Deeming was a disgrace. And I think it's time for her voice to be heard. Suspended Liberal MP Moira Deeney sits down with Peter Credley. Why is it so personal to you? Because I know what it's like to be vulnerable and I just don't think women will accept it. For her only TV interview. The definition of female doesn't exist in the law clearly anymore. This issue is not going to go away. A must-watch Credlin exclusive, Tuesday 6pm. Now, I had the privilege of interviewing Moira a couple of times when she, uh, before she was a, a politician, when she was an activist, because she was one of the, the mama warriors against uh, safe schools uh, in 
2018, which uh, sadly is still a taught in uh, Victorian schools uh, to this day, and uh, also interviewed her at the 2019 March for the Babies when she was the, the secretary uh, there. She is a lovely lady, Moira. She is certainly not a hateful, a bigoted uh, person. She's a loving mother and and wife and uh, she has certainly made uh, an impact uh, in her short time since she was elected in 2022 and if you've got the 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 uh liberal bedwetters uh <laughs> trying to trying to kick you out within six months then you're probably probably uh, probably achieving quite a lot uh that they're not happy with there. So I encourage you to all certainly be tuning in to that. Uh, thank you so much again for your company and support over uh, these uh, almost two years of Tim's News Explosion and uh, many more to come and your support of the Unshackled as well. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, stay happy and stay optimistic as well. Thank you very much. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's News Explosion.